We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Today is the result of trying to jam as many vacation days as I could in the summer into the summer. I made a decision many months ago to enjoy my summer to take all the vacation days and I looked at this week I said why do I take so many days off around Christmas between New Year's why do I do that I don't do anything I'll go see a movie it's cold outside there's family around maybe you return a gift or two but you basically sit around and eat there's football going on at this time So I'll be happy to come in and do shows then. So I'm going to take some days off in the summer. And then this day rolls around. The alarm goes off. I get into the car. It's 15 degrees as I show up here to work by myself with a man I've never met. (laughs) We have an update anchor today who I still haven't met. He's somewhere in the building. I don't know who he is. But I'll find out in about 20 minutes. So the moral of the story is, next time, next year, every vacation day during this week I will take. But tomorrow is a special day. It's the last Geo and Jones show. I hope Brian comes back. He said he was coming back. But I have the feeling that he might not. They might just say, forget it. Who cares? Doesn't matter. What's going to happen? Are they going to come after me for this? I would not be surprised. But scheduled to appear for one final day. Brian Jones in our last Geo and Jones show. It'll be a combination of fun moments that we did over the last three years. And also this normal sports talk show that we would do. We're not going to go crazy, I don't think. Just a couple of funny things on that last show. It's not like we've been on the air. We were on the air for three years, not 30 years. So it'll just be mildly self-serving as opposed to a complete butt-kissing fest, which these things can tend to be. All right. So today we've got Bobby Marks on the show. He is of the vertical to talk some NBA. He's going to join us in 35 minutes. Uh, Sorry, of ESPN. No longer the vertical. I guess he stayed at ESPN when, well, isn't the vertical a part of ESPN now? Now, what is it? What was what was Woj's thing? Woj went to ESPN. He took Bobby with him. But the vertical stayed somewhere else? It exists on Yahoo. All right, that's just silly. Well, anyway, he works with Woj, whatever he calls his thing, on ESPN. He used to be with the vertical. If anybody cares, I apologize for that mistake, but I doubt that they do. <laughs> I, think, I think Mike Basiglia pulled a muscle reaching for the talkback button on that one. So he's going to join us, whoever he works for. Coming up in about 35 minutes, A.J. Hawk's going to join us at 7.40 Eastern time to talk some college and NFL football. And NFL football where is where we start this morning. And this story is such an interesting one from many levels, that of James Harrison going to the New England Patriots. 
Now, James Harrison, his name carries a lot of feelings, a lot of preconceived notions of what type of guy he is, what type of player he is. And if you're not following the Pittsburgh Steelers this entire year and you think James Harrison's still on the Steelers, you probably thought that he was making some sort of impact on the team if you weren't following it. But James Harrison, 39 years old right now, you've got two young guys, T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, that play that outside linebacker position that, for the most part, have been healthy and been productive. And James Harrison is not a guy who plays on special teams. So he's been inactive a lot. He has not played a lot. He came back, thought he was going to get more run, maybe be a mentor for some of these younger guys. Didn't work out that way, but he hasn't played a lot. So when he was released, I did find the timing curious because it's not as if his role had changed out of nowhere and things went sour. It had been like this for a while. So why release him now? especially when you're heading into a postseason where you have a bye. So it did raise a little bit of a red flag. So the initial discussion around this became James Harrison getting released by the Steelers. He could do whatever he wants. They didn't want him anymore. If he wants to go up to the Patriots, which he did, and he's posting pictures of him and Tom Brady, he is allowed to do that because the team didn't want him any longer. So how can you blame a guy? And that was the initial stuff that I saw. A lot of people would say, it's still the Patriots. You can't do that. You sold your soul. But they didn't want him anymore. Well, that changed yesterday in a big way. As the Pittsburgh Steelers, the current Pittsburgh Steelers that are still on the roster, went after James Harrison in a way that I have not seen a team gang up and pick on a former teammate, I think, ever. Now, the audio is not great, so Duffy, you don't have to worry about playing this stuff because it's basically, I listened to another place try to play this audio over the air this morning of Marquise Pouncey. It's impossible to hear. I mean, it's Pouncey and a bunch of people talking in the locker room. It's off some dude's iPhone. It's terrible. But basically, what he said was that he erased his legacy with the Steelers and then went on to say that he is tired. Marquise Pouncey, all-pro center for the Steelers, said of James Harrison, that he's tired of this discussion being that James Harrison was cut and the Steelers did him dirty. James Harrison wanted out. That's what he wanted. And then others were reiterating that same thing. Bud Dupree has a weekly radio show, and he said the same thing. He went into greater detail last night on that show, basically saying that he came in thinking that Debo, his nickname, Debo would be a guy who would be his mentor. And he tried and tried and tried, but it just never worked because James Harrison was a guy that did not like people taking his shine, as Bud Dupree put it, didn't want to help, and was angry he wasn't getting the playing time that he promised and was taking it out in ways that was not professional. Ways that was unstealer-like, as Bud Dupree put it. James Harrison also spoke to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and he said, yeah, I was told I was going to get 25% of the snaps, and I got 25 snaps. I told them to release me many times, and they did not. They said, well, it would be ridiculous if we released you if we had an injury. Or, no, 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 we have a role for you. And they never did it. So instead of James Harrison taking the 
route of, all right, I'm going to take the high road. It's not working out. I've had a great career, and I'll just leave it at that. He took the route of, screw you guys. You lied to me. I don't care what type of history we had. I don't want to be a mentor. That's not who I am. I want to play. So he forced his way out of there, complaining and reportedly sleeping in meetings, snoring in the back of the room so loudly that it was a distraction to Joey Porter, who was trying to teach the linebackers, and leaving when he found out, leaving the facility when he found out that he was inactive, just being an overall cantankerous teammate. So clearly that is the wrong way to go about things. But at the same time, we complain so much as sports fans that guys don't care enough, that guys aren't into it, they quit if they only cared as much as I cared. And all this guy wants to do is play. Now, all the fans that I'm hearing from and and reading on social media and the reaction that you get from this is that it's just a horrible way to act, and then he went to the New England Patriots. How dare you do that? Okay, well, how many teams out there were interested in him? He was unclaimed on waivers. He's not going to go to a team that's outside of the postseason. If you desperately want to play, and you know that your career's almost over, and the Patriots call, and you feel like you were lied to, you're telling me you're not going to go to that particular team and play? And I kind of respect James Harrison for doing that. I don't respect him for acting in that way to get himself cut and not being a mentor and helping those guys out. If he had gone about that a little bit better and still ended up on the Patriots, it'd be a lot easier to say that I respected him for it. But there's a guy who understands in James Harrison that I don't have that long, and if a team actually wants me to play, and we'll see how it ends up in New England, maybe he doesn't play, but he feels like he's got a better shot there to get on the field and play and maybe win another Super Bowl with that team. He's going to do it. And he's looking out for himself. That's okay to do. It's okay to look out for yourself from time to time. I mean, does he really owe the Pittsburgh Steelers anything? The way that teams cut players, discard players, move on from guys in ruthless fashion, and there's very little criticism for those teams. It happened with the Giants and Eli Manning where people freaked out over that. But how many times do you see teams move on from guys that have been there for a long time and get criticized? It's usually, all right, thank you. We appreciate everything you did, but you can't play anymore. Goodbye. But if a player does something like this, like it's you're you're it's like he's giving the middle finger to the whole city. I don't understand. He doesn't owe you anything. These are his life decisions. And he wanted to play, and he wanted to play for a winner, and he wasn't getting that opportunity, and he can't sit around waiting for one of his teammates to get hurt. He's 39 years old. He works out like crazy. Do you think that he's, you know, I have saw him doing pelvic thrusts with like 700 pounds on Instagram. Do you think he's doing that so he can stand in sweatpants on the sideline? No. Guy wants to play. They weren't letting him play. 
He said, release me. And by the way, all that stuff that, that we heard about James Harrison being a real pain in the ass, that happened after he asked for his release many times before in a way that didn't make it to the media, in a way that we did not hear about. So he then decided, okay, if this is the way that I need to get out, then this is the way I'm going to get out. And it worked. And if the Steelers are upset he went to the Patriots, well, let's be smart about this. I mean, the New England Patriots will pick up anybody who's had a history of success this time of year that is available. They do not care what that person did. Think about it. Michael Floyd, that DUI, he was asleep in the car speaking Swahili to the cop. And then all of a sudden, gets cut, New England Patriot. Kenny Britt can't fit in with the Cleveland Browns. He's out every night in Cleveland. The Cleveland media members who have seen some really bad football and some really bad players and covered Johnny Manziel couldn't stop talking about how bad Kenny Britt was and how much he was out, meaning out on the town. The Patriots, after he's released, pick him up. Martellus Bennett causes a huge scene in leaving. He's MFing the doctors that are there in Green Bay. They pick him back up. So you're telling me that you didn't know that if you released James Harrison, he wasn't going to end up on the Patriots? Give me a break. You knew the second that you cut that guy that he'd have that logo on his helmet the next day. And it remains to be seen if he ends up being a factor for them. And everybody thinks that he took the playbook up there. And I mean, there's an assumption that the Steelers and the Patriots are going to meet in the AFC Championship game. It's a foregone conclusion. I hope it happens. That's the best matchup we've got. Possible in both conferences and probably in the Super Bowl as well. That's really the only matchup that really gets me excited. In the NFL this year is the Steelers and the Patriots. I hope we get it. But let's not forget that there still has to be games won and things to happen before you get to that point. And once again, the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Joey Porter, Keith Butler, Kevin Colbert, the general manager. These are the guys that deemed James Harrison a legend in that uniform useless. Are they that wrong about it? Is he going to go up to New England and turn into James Harrison, the defensive player of the year from 10 years ago? Probably not. And if James Harrison regrets this, and 10 years down the road from now, says I shouldn't have done that, I apologize to Steeler Nation, there was more good times and bad, I just wanted to play, I don't know what I was thinking at that point, and he'll be accepted back. This idea that he erased his legacy. This is a guy who spent a year on the Bengals. Everybody seems to forget that too. The first time he left the Steelers, he went to the Bengals. Spent a year there before he came back. This guy doesn't care about you and your terrible towel and all that stuff. He wants to play football. I remember talking about the Giants secondary and the Giants players. We'll talk more about Eli Apple in the show and how they quit 
in a couple of games. They certainly quit in that Rams game. Guys missing tackles. Guys not caring. The Denver Broncos, their general manager and biggest legend that's ever played, put on that uniform, John Elway, calling his team soft. And how these players took that to heart. And the things we've seen in the NFL. And we have a guy here that all he wants to do is play. That's it. But somehow he's a demon because the fans feel like James Harrison owes them something. Give me a break. Doesn't matter. Let him do what he wants to do for crying out loud. And no, it's not about the money, by the way. He only, he's only getting 50 some odd thousand dollars, which to him is nothing what he's made in his career. So it's not about the money. It's about pride. It's about wanting to play football while he still can. Do you think James Harrison's a jerk? Or do you respect him for wanting to go play, even if it's with the Patriots? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Want to hear from you. Greg Giannotti solo on Gio and Jones. Keep it right here. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Seth Cantor walks in, and I go and extend my hand to shake his hand. And Seth stops me and goes, no, no, no. I'm not feeling great. I've been coughing a little bit. I'm going to give you a fist pump. Or fist bump, not pump. Fist bump. And I said, that is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Because I have turned into a major germaphobe. I do not want This is the time of year that everybody's sick. I don't want to be sick. Starting a new show January 2nd. If I start that show sick, that's not going to be a good thing. So, Seth, you doing that. You are now aces in my book. Thank you. Greg, I'm in your house. I'm just a guest. I wanted to make a good first impression. Hopefully I did. Why doesn't everybody do that? Someone did that the other day to me where I hadn't seen him. Big pound, a hug, the whole thing. And goes, you know, I haven't been feeling that well. <laughs> After I just basically, you know, I'm touching the guy's hand, hugging him. You know, why, did, why does everybody do that? Be more considerate. It's a great job, Seth. So how you doing, man, other than being sick? I'm doing all right. Happy to be here. You know, would it be a bad thing if I blamed my newborn, my three-month-old, for getting me sick? Yeah, would that you know, be a low blow? No, 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 no. No, not at all. I hear a lot of that, that the kids are just germ factories. That is, the, even at that age, huh? Yeah. Why is that? They don't go, it doesn't really go very, is it a boy or a girl? Girl. So your daughter doesn't end up going a lot of places at three months old, right? Actually, my wife and I, we're taking her everywhere, and I think we're partially to blame. Oh, okay, well, that's what it is. Yeah. So this is your first kid? First one. Poor girl looks like me. <laughs> That's not a bad thing, man. Come on. So now you take, so you have decided you're now taking the tact of like, we're not going to let this baby screw up our, our uh, social life, right? You're right. going to take the baby everywhere. I hear the first few months are okay when they become one or two years old. That's when you really have to be cognizant of these things. And you probably have to limit your schedule a little bit more. So. All right. Because we're having our first kid in February, and I'm worried about this. I'm thinking that basically what the baby is is an anchor. It's it's a it's you get handcuffed to your house is what I thought in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But you're throwing that out the window. You're saying I'm going to restaurants. We're taking this thing everywhere. You know what it is, Greg? They sleep. The first few months, all they do is sleep. And if they're good travelers, which she is, Ella is, makes it all the better. That's my dog's name, Ella. Yeah, Ella. Is that right? Yeah, I named it after Ella Fitzgerald. Did you have a reason for Ella? Named it after my wife's grandfather. Named her after my wife's grandfather. Your wife's grandfather was named Ella? Yeah. A man. Eli. 
Oh, okay. So Eli, would Eli have been the name of the, if it was a boy, would have been Eli? Probably would have been, but most of my friends probably would have thought it would have been after Eli Manning since I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> so you just put up with that, no fight then, with the name? No, it she, sounds like she drove that bus. Right, she did. She got the first name, I got the middle name. Okay, and the middle name is Seth? <laughs> Close, Madeline. Oh, okay. All right, so now in the, with the second kid, you plan to have another kid? Yes, I'm getting the first name for the second one. All right, so you've you've divvied this up. Yeah. And no arguments there, right? Well, she doesn't know it yet, but <laughs> I'm wearing that crown. All right, very good, Ben. I like the way you do business. You got an update for us, Seth? Yes, I do, right. Greg. The association losing to Golden State, understandable, but... The Kings tougher to swallow. That's what happened to the Cavs vote. Dropping one at Sacramento, 109-95. Vince Carter finding the fountain of youth. Team high 24. Dave Yeager taking notice. He made a couple deep threes. He made a couple tough ones. Um, you know, sometimes you feel like when you're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers, like, oh, here we go again. They hit a couple bombs on you. And, and it's, he's, a, he's a very settling uh, guy for us to be on the floor. And, um yeah, what can you say? That that was awesome. Warriors blasted the Jazz 126-101. Kevin Durant had 21. Rajon Rondo, career-high 25 assists. Pelicans dismantled the Nets 128-113. DeMarcus Cousins said it was a memorable effort. I thought I'd seen you know, some of his best performances. But, uh, and even his days you know, with the Celtics. But um, you know, just to watch him come out and, and do this and I would, you know, basically ease, you know, uh, just a testimony to this time. Thunder continue to roll. Six straight wins all over the Raptors. 124-107. Paul George with 33-30 for Russell Westbrook. Five in a row for Minnesota. T-Wolves edging the Nuggets. 128-125. College Hoops top-ranked Villanova stays undefeated. 14-0 blowing out to Paul. 103-85. Coaching change coming in the NFL on the brink of a winless season. Possibly just one win in the last two years for Browns. Hugh Jackson thinks he's safe. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't care if former mate James Harrison dishes the dirt to the patch. Bill Belichick said Harrison wasn't signed for Intel. Playing the Jets this week. I don't really know what that has to do with it. <laughs> Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I think in that case, he's looking ahead to a possible game. We play the Jets this week. College football FSU blows down Southern Miss 42-13 at the Independence. Longhorns win the Texas Bowl, beating Mizzou 33-16. Purdue squeaks by Arizona 38-35 in the Foster Farms Bowl. And the pinstripe goes to Iowa at a frigid Yankee Stadium 27-20 over B.C. NHL returned. Penguins over the Blue Jackets 5-4 at a shootout. I'm Seth Cantor. Greg? Did you want a boy? I think it would have been nice. Yeah, right. That's okay to say that, man. It's all right, because I did, too. I wanted a boy. I, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. Now, when people, you say that to people, they freak out. They go, well, what you want is a healthy baby. Well, that comes with the territory. There's nobody walking around saying, I, w- I would like a deformed child. <laughs> nobody says that. I think that's a, that's a given, right? But to me, I have legitimate concerns about the girl. Now, I'm going to love the girl. I'm going to love this girl because we're having a girl. I'm going to love the baby. I'm going to be a great father. I'm going to do all those things. But to me, there's a teenage girl thing that I'm projecting, I'm thinking about this, that is going to be a difficult thing for me to deal with. On that note, I've picked the brain of a couple of my friends who actually have teenage girls. They say the relationship is actually rockier between the girl and the mother. I have heard that, and I've seen that. I've seen plenty of that in my time. But at the same time, and here's another reason why I'm not ashamed of this. My name, it stops with me. So if I don't have a boy, then the Giannotti name and my side of the family, it ends. That's a lot of pressure. I don't want it to end. 
So I might have to adopt a boy somewhere, you know, <laughs> little <laughs> Filipino Giannotti somewhere. That would, I might have to do that just to keep it going. So, I, I mean, so, Seth, basically what I'm asking you is, since you have these same feelings, I'm not a bad person for Mm-mm. admitting that. No, because my wife readily admits, I ask her now, she gave that same answer, the political answer, how she just wanted a healthy baby. I said, come on, Tammy. She yeah. said, yeah, I wanted a girl. Well, so, yeah, yeah, my wife I wanted too. a boy. Yeah, my wife too. But, she did. But it's easier for them to say it when they get it. Right? When they get it, they're like, oh, I wanted a girl. But if you say if you if you don't get what you want and then you say I wanted the other thing, then there's all this implications that you're not gonna love the baby as much because you didn't get what you want. That's bull crap. Of course I am. But the boy thing I was into. Listen, I can't complain too much. She looks like me, she snores like me. So oh, really? She snores already. Very congested. Wow. Hopefully she doesn't have acid reflux, though. <laughs> Me and you are two peas in a pod, man. I tell you, <laughs> snoring and acid reflux, I mean, those are my go-tos. Yeah, uh, snoring's been bad lately, too. You have, uh, what's that, sleep apnea? Mild. Yeah, yeah, been for two sleep tests, haven't figured a thing out. Oh, really? You've yeah. been for two? Yeah. That's what I have to do. Everybody's telling me i got to do that. I'll feel better. I tell them I wake up at 3.15 in the morning. If you woke up at 3.15 in the morning every day, you wouldn't feel great either. That's what I tell everybody. The first one didn't count because they wire you up to all these different electrodes. It's like you're going into the electric chair. Yeah. So the first one prepares you for the second one. That's really what it is. Oh, okay. Well, good luck with all that, man. We'll talk more about this in uh, less than an hour. All right, Seth? Deal. Sounds good. All right. That's Seth Cantor who's in for the day. Wanted a boy. Got a girl. Same thing with me. So, But we're going to love that baby. He loves his baby. I'm going to love my baby. But we were a little bit disappointed. It's okay to say that. Enough of these hidings of feelings, huh? (laughs) You know? Let it all out there. So we opened up the show talking about James Harrison going to the New England Patriots after he, what now seems like a force out, forced himself out of the Pittsburgh Steelers and signed with the Patriots. A lot of people upset in Pittsburgh, of course, because how could you go to the enemy? Well, he wanted to play, and he feels like he's got a better shot of playing in New England than he did in Pittsburgh because he was inactive and basically saw no snaps. So Bill Belichick has a press conference like he always does and was asked a couple questions about James Harrison. You probably know how it's going to go. You heard Seth play a little bit of that audio, but it's just classic Bill, so here it is. Bill, you guys made the roster move yesterday with James Harrison. Uh, how would you describe his, him, his uh, playing staff? Outside linebacker for his team. We'll see how it goes. Do you see carryover between what they asked him to do and what he might do in your team? Yeah, I don't know. We'll start working with him and see how it goes. What are your thoughts on his career? <laughs> There's been um, former players now who analyze football who say this a move like that is great for intelligence. The idea that he could tell you things about his former team. Do you put any stock into that aspect of when you sign a player, any player? We're playing the Jets this week. I don't really know what that has to do with it. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I think in that case, it was looking ahead to a possible game. We'll play the Jets this week. So. <laughs> if you missed any of that, the first question, how would you describe his playing style? He's played outside linebacker for the Steelers. We'll see how it goes. Do you see any carryover between what the Steelers asked him to do in your scheme? I don't know. We'll start working with him and see how it goes. What are your thoughts on his career? Good. 
good. And it is. He is right about one thing. And, of course, he's going to dodge every question. That's going to be Bill Belichick. He's not going to say anything about anything, even if it, even if he was honest. If he was honest, it wouldn't hurt anything. I don't know why in an instance like this he can't even be honest about it. But he's right about one thing. They aren't playing the Steelers this week or the first round of the postseason. They may run into them in a potential AFC championship game, but they're not playing them. They didn't sign them before they played the Steelers. Everybody's worried about all that. It might not even happen. And by the way, the most likely matchup right now, if you look at the odds of who the Patriots are going to play. Now, we don't even know because they have to go and beat the Jets to secure the one seed. But the most likely matchup for the Patriots, if things fall the way that they do, we expect them to odds-wise, which it doesn't in the NFL. But if they did, they would play in the second round of the playoffs at home in the divisional round, the Kansas City Chiefs. James Harrison had one good game this year. Guess who that came against? The Kansas City Chiefs. He basically won that game with a sack in the fourth quarter. He was all over the place. I don't know if you remember the highlights. Mike Tomlin's hugging him, and they're having these moments on the sideline. Harrison was dominant again. It was an amazing moment. Came against the Chiefs and that left tackle, who's still there. So if you want to project forward to anything, project to that. And if they run into the Steelers in the AFC Championship game, sure, I'll ask them questions about them. Another assumption that's being made that over the last couple of days, it's laughable to me, is that the Patriots need James Harrison's help to beat the Steelers. As if this is some sort of coup for them. The Patriots own the Steelers. They always have. I've talked about this before. My wife's a big Steelers fan. She can't stand the Patriots. It drives me nuts because she comes up with all these conspiracy theories and she's just classic Steelers fan when it comes to these things. And I try to talk her out of it, but it's impossible. And she thinks, she goes to me, we played better than the Patriots did in that game, which gives me hope then we could beat them if we meet them again in the playoffs. And I said, au contraire, because you're at home, which is most likely not going to happen in the AFC Championship game, and you're right. You did outplay them. And guess what happened? You still lost. How is that a positive? That you were the better team in the game at home, and you still couldn't beat them. That, to me, is a negative. Now, if you'd blown their doors off, then I would say, yeah, you got their number finally. But you played well in the game, and you still lost. So they don't need James Harrison. They don't need the playbook. They don't need anything. Bill Belichick is a Steelers killer. So is Tom Brady. They could take all the secrets from the Steelers. You, He's already got them all. They're going to beat him again. And it'll be extra salt on the wound if James Harrison sacks Ben Roethlisberger to seal it. 
855-212-4CBS. If you want to join the show, talk some James Harrison, 855-212-4227. Bobby Marks is going to join us at the top of the hour to talk some NBA. But coming up next, the greatest voice in sports will be on display. We'll explain. Give us a call right now, 855-212-4CBS. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. The Kansas City Chiefs are not going to play Alex Smith. They are locked into the four seed in the AFC, and they're going to go with Pat Mahomes to start this game. And this is exciting for a couple of reasons. Most traditional NFL fans will be excited about this because Pat Mahomes has got an extraordinary arm. One of the strongest arms, according to scouts, that people have seen in the last few years to decades. He could do special things throwing the ball. I'm excited because of his voice. This man has the coolest voice. In football, hands down. And I challenge anybody to find me a cooler voice. Play a little Mahomes there, Duffy. I just got to be consistent with everything I do. Uh... I mean, the man sounds Muppet-like. He sounds like somebody is trying to make that voice to entertain people. Uh, I love Kansas City. and uh... <laughs> You can't make it up. The day that he has to do press conferences a couple times a week and speak after all sorts of games. I mean, that's just going to be amazing. I love Kansas City. I love Kansas City. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, come on. He might as well just sing his thoughts after a game. Ah, we were winning the game, but then we lost. We were winning the game, and then we lost. We were winning the game, we were winning the game, we were winning the game, but then we lost. The oh. biggest thing for me is to suspect to go out there and win. I had a good fourth quarter. I threw a couple touchdown passes. <laughs> Struggled a little bit early, but we did won the game. But doom, doom, doom. Owner Clark, Clark, Clark Hunt. That's right. I did this for you, Mr. Hunt. So everybody can be excited about his arm. That's great. If he impresses us with his arm, it's an extra bonus for me. I'm just happy that I could hear him speak after this game. That'll be an interesting one to watch. How this postseason goes for the Chiefs. What Mahomes does in this game. How they handle that quarterback position. And if we don't get Steelers-Patriots, who do we get? Do we get the Jaguars? Do we get the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, I, I hope not, because those teams aren't nearly as interesting as the Steelers and Patriots. A team that's been interesting in a bad way, the New York Giants, all year long. And when you talk about bad seasons, this season that the Giants have had has all the elements of that. Every single box has been checked on horrific season. And the Browns, they may go 0-16. They probably will. And Hugh Jackson said he was going to jump in Lake Erie if they went one and fifteen again. I mean, he would be if they go if they win a game or they don't. I mean, he should just do that because that would be funny and that would be kind of 
cool to see him honor his word on that. And I'm sure it'll be like, you know, it'll be people there with warming blankets and all sorts of stuff, paramedics or whatever. He'll be fine. I don't know about the diseases and the flesh-eating bacteria that are in that lake, but I think he'll be all right. Like that show Monsters Inside Me I talked about. He'll jump in there and have some flesh-eating parasite just chewing on his brain, and it'll be the worst. That would be very Browns-like, wouldn't it? If Hugh Jackson jumped in Lake Erie, and then all of a sudden he he became like a host for a parasite that ate his brain. That'd be a story worth following. But anyway, the New York Giants, it keeps getting worse as the most controversial player on that team became Eli Apple. How did that happen? In a season with Odell Beckham Jr., Eli Manning, a fired coach, suspended guys in the secondary, the most controversial player. You know how hard you have to work to be the most controversial player? And the biggest story right now with the Giants, how hard it is to do that, how much you have to screw up, but it's Eli Apple. I have never. Now, I talked before about how I'd never seen two things I'd never seen the last couple of days. And maybe I'm forgetting ones, and remind me if I am. But to see the way that Steelers players talked about James Harrison after he left, I'd never seen that. And I'd also never seen a current teammate go on a radio show and call another teammate a cancer, which is what Landon Collins did talking about Eli Apple. He's talking about how he loves Janoris Jenkins, how he loves Dominic Rogers, Crow Marty, two guys who had been suspended in the secondary this year. Loves those guys. They said that first round pick, meaning Eli Apple from a year ago, he's a cancer. Just felt like saying it on the radio. When does that happen? And why do you think that's okay? He must. This is how bad Eli Apple's behavior must have been because he knew Landon Collins that if he said that, nobody would disagree with him. I'm sure he got a talking to. He did get a talking to from interim head coach Steve Spagnolo. They sat both those guys down. Then they suspended Eli Apple for week 17. But he knew he wasn't going to get any backlash over that. The only person that was going to give him any backlash was Eli Apple himself, and he didn't care. And I just, I have a tough time understanding an NFL player who has this opportunity in front of him and does things like this, like Eli Apple's doing. Like even yesterday, he doesn't want to talk to the media and declares the top of his lungs when people are trying to talk to him. I got to go take a a, uh, mic. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom, basically what he's saying. You know, he yells that out. He doesn't even want to talk to anybody. And there was no doubt that Eli Apple was the guy who was leaking stuff about that team to Josina Anderson of ESPN. Because Landon Collins, Landon Collins just basically confirmed that by calling him a cancer. He did that. And ironically and comically, 
Eli Apple was a guy that called for a culture change in the locker room. A culture change. To what? Total anarchy? Is that what you want? A culture change? And a guy like that, they just just released the dude. Like, just get him out of here. I don't care whatever money it is. It doesn't matter. You want to talk about a culture change? They need to purge people like that from that team. There's no way that Eli Apple needs to be on that roster next year for the Giants. I mean, guys like Eli Apple shouldn't be talked about this much. And that would be my discussion if I were somebody. I'd say, Eli, there's another Eli in here that people should be talking about. He's the quarterback. You're a guy. You're a guy we hope plays well, but you're in the headlines all the time. Stop it. Now, what was that story? It was in the combine that one of the scouts said he didn't know how to cook and that upset him. I mean, I still don't know if that makes any sense to this day. Like, Eli Apple, I don't know. I wouldn't draft him because he doesn't know how to cook. I mean, maybe that's a judge on his character. I don't know. It's some sort of thing that sends up red flags. He doesn't know how to play. He doesn't know how to act. Those are two things we now know about Eli Apple. And maybe he has learned how to cook. And people are going to point to his mom and her media to his mom and the media presence and all the stuff that's gone on with her. I mean, I can't blame her for his actions. I just, I can't. Like, you went to college, you're an NFL player. Figure it out on your own. If you're that influenced by your mother at that point, I'm putting it on you, not putting it on the mother. Coming up next, we talk some NBA with Bobby Marks, former front office dude and now working for ESPN. Gio and Jones, keep it right here, CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.